Hello and welcome to a special Panto edition of the Stratford East podcast. Did you know that we've been putting on Pantos and family Christmas shows since 1884? Pantos are a massive deal for us and have become a staple in our programming. Our 2008 production of Cinderella was the first ever Panto to be nominated for an Olivier Award. Each year we take a well-known story and give it a big old Stratford makeover, full of original songs and some stunning sets and costumes. This year's festive helping is Dick Whittington, and we'll be joined by some of the cast to talk all things Panto. Let us know some of your favourite Stratford East Panto memories and get in touch. You can email podcast at stratfordeast.com or tweet us at Stratford East. Plus, if you haven't already, get your Panto tickets online at stratfordeast.com. Dick Whittington is playing now until Saturday the 11th of January. Hello, and we are in full panto mode here at Stratford East, and I am joined by... I'm Severine Howell-Mary, I play Dick. I'm Tom Giles, and I play King Rat. And I'm Harry Jardine, and I play Nathaniel Pluto Snoopy Snoop Maxwell. Wow, welcome. So I am literally joined by Tom, Dick and Harry. Mm. <laughs> right, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, let's kick things off. You've just finished the show. How are we feeling? Good. Yeah. Good, yeah. Ready to do it again. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we're about halfway through the run now, I think. So. We are. It, yeah, nearly. I think. Eight more yes. shows, and then we'll be halfway. I think. Is that right? I make it sound like a count. I, I didn't. One of the stage management team told me that. <laughs> Very good. So, do you want to tell us a bit about Dick Whittington? What is it about? Sure. I mean, it's you should. Fun, start, I will. I so yeah, it yeah. is about a young boy called Richard Whittington who is from Romford and dreams of going to London. But what he doesn't know is that when he gets there, he will find that the city is infested with rats and they have a huge rat problem. And he falls in love with wonderful characters, makes wonderful new friends on his journey of his, but encounters problems because the villain of the tale, King Rat, comes to ruin everybody's day. And it's about how Dick Whittington becomes a really brave boy who saves the children of London from rats and the evil King Rat. Or does he? Or does he? Or does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. who knows? You have to come and see it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What about your characters? So as the villain... Right. How how villainous are you? Very. Like a nine and a half out of ten, probably. On the villain scale? Yeah, on the standard measure of a villain. The villain scale. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's really good fun. I haven't played a baddie for a long time. I normally play funny, stupid friends. In... Which is all, all I'm my jobs. Yeah, exactly. We've yeah. traded, Harry and I have traded yeah. out. Um, so it's, it's really good fun. I'd forgotten that. And it's really fun to be either chasing around after Dick and Nathaniel or trying to get in everyone's way, trying to ruin everyone's day. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's really great fun. Mm. How about you, Harry? What's uh, your character? So, in the, the best name. In the, yeah, so, so the full name is Nathaniel Pluto, Snoop, Snoopy Snoop Maxwell, but in the kind of, um, Folklore tale of Dick Whittington. Dick has a cat that he meets on the way to London, um, and that's kind of who I'm playing. I'm a, I'm essentially Dick Whittington's cat. Um, but there's a bit of a twist in this version because um, my character, uh, yeah, has grown up in Catford, which is the land of the cats. In, in this kind of world that we live in, this is where the cats are found. Is in Catford. And he's trying to get away from that because actually being a cat is a is a really hard life. And he's heard 
um, from a from a kind of elder cat that, that there's these species called dogs and so he's decided that he wants to be a dog so that's where Dick comes into his story where Dick is the first um, person to accept him for who he is and, and recognise that it's okay that he is a cat that wants to be something else and, and helps him uh, find where the dogs are which is of course barking course where else would they be of course yeah. obviously and we find that we have that in common our two characters as well you aren't happy with the place where you're from catford yeah. dick's not happy with the place that he's from romford so a lovely thing about their friendship is that they have that in common they yeah. want to live a different life what's lovely as well is that there's so much heart in the panto mm. yeah you really get that sense of be who you want to be yeah a lot of people have said that a lot of people that have come to see it have have, have expected to come like, and I'm talking about adults here. Like, I've, I've expected to come and be like, you know, obviously it's, okay, yeah, it's yeah. a panto and mm. it's silly and whatever. And mm. what everyone has said, bar none, is that suddenly they feel really moved at bits or, you know, at the end they're, they're crying or whatever. And it's like, why am I suddenly... Veddy, who plays uh, Lady Lush, sent us a voice note from his friend oh, who lovely. came to see it yesterday. And she was, you know, she opened the voice note going, listen, I don't really like musical theatre... I don't really like panto, and I hate kids. <laughs> and I don't really like Christmas. <laughs> I don't really like Christmas, but it's amazing. And so that, so you know, I, I think it is definitely um, a, 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 actually a really good show, ra- rather than just a, a good pantomime. Work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what has kind of um, what Stratford has been become known for with their pantos. We don't do this almost stereotypical mm. panto. Yeah. There's a time and yeah, place yeah. for that, but we like to push it yeah. a bit further and almost create a new musical exactly. every year. Exactly. It felt a very ambitious process to be involved in. Yes. Mm. Um, and it was a, a much shorter process than you would normally mount a musical in, which is very intense for everyone in the team, whether you're in, on the stage or behind the scenes. Um, but it was an amazing uh, feeling of uh, coming together and yeah. really you know, going through that sort of fiery hell of tech week and production week and previews and then the script is being cut and the music is being changed and you know you have to re-plot your entire journey through the show show by show it's very difficult to run something in but it's always um great to feel that you're in something which is focused on quality mm. because it makes you raise your own game yeah, yeah totally. oh 100% there was no time to think too much about any changes that were made which sounds sounds like a strange thing to say but when you only have a three-week rehearsal process and such a short week of tech and then you're into previews it's literally take everything that you're given yeah okay i'll try it doesn't work we'll change it again and just carry on which was great yeah totally it definitely makes you learn a lot as a performer you've also all got very different styles of of music to sing as well you do yours i'd say yours is quite typical musical theater yeah moving to almost cabaret vaudeville yeah, yeah it's quite like musical yeah and then on to rap yeah a huge huge credit like a huge credit for the songwriting would obviously go to robert who who wrote all the music robert hyman he told us that he'd written all of the songs based on what we did in our auditions and he was so so open and flexible to us making changes and everything so it's a real gift to have someone really listen to what you did when you first met them in an audition room mm. and turn that into something which will fit for you, because when you're seeing it 71 times like we are in this schedule, it's got to be something which, which fits for you. So yeah, I, I personally feel really, really lucky to have had Robert writing all the songs for us. It's been really, really great. And yeah, he's a bit of a genius. Yeah. Definitely. 
what were what have been some of your favourite moments so far in this panto, in the whole process? I mean, for me, my my favourite bit of any process is the tech, because really, yeah, 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 I wow. love tech. For me, it's when you get to well, it's when everything comes together. It's when mm. for me, it's when the magic of theatre yes is is comes together because you've been in a room where you've been in your own clothes in jogging bottoms playing these parts and trying to figure out how it's gonna work and, and everything's fake, do you know what I mean? So it's like it's like, oh yeah, and remember the ice cream parlour will be behind you and remember, you know, that and none of it means anything, none of it's tangible and then suddenly you get into tech and it all comes together and you suddenly see everyone in their costumes and you go, that's it or you know, and as soon as you know, my character is in a fat suit, which I hadn't really taken into account in rehearsals because I wasn't gonna stuff my t-shirt full of pillows, I just you know and then suddenly I put it on and I went, ah, oh, here he is, mm. you know. And, and, and live. Yeah, totally. And so for me, that's always my favourite moment of every process. And, and this and this one didn't didn't disappoint. Yeah. I really enjoyed uh, getting on stage as well. The tech, I, I had a lot of technical elements that I'm not used to doing. I'd never done magic before. And so, I mean, it's sort of, yeah, it's the sleight of hand stuff, which is, in terms of complicated illusion, not very high up the scale, but for someone who'd never done it before and had a very short process to learn it, as well as everything else we were doing, it was quite stressful for me. So for me, that joy that Harry's just described, that came a bit later for me. So I didn't really settle into the show until just before or perhaps just after press night, when we just had a few goes. Yeah. Because for me, I, I feel like I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> Until I've had a couple of goes at it, I have I, the way I learn is quite linear, and the way that you're teching things and rehearsing things is often quite substantially out of sequence. So I have to have quite a lot of goes at it before I feel like I know it. But it feels like a joy now. It feels like we're all up and away and we're united mm. in doing mm. it together. Mm. Although it's still so different every time. Yeah, I've never experienced. I mean, I've never done panto before, but I've never experienced every audience being so different yeah like your 10 a.m shows you've got screaming kids but even if you compare all the 10 a.m shows they're different yeah they're screaming at different you know, bits yeah they're screaming exactly. at different bits and you know you know me and tom have got a scene where um king his character's trying to sort of tempt me and sometimes there's no point in us having any lines because the kids it's just scream to and then other times they don't yeah and they're yeah. listening and maybe a couple of kids will be warning me or whatever and like that, you know, but and, and you just don't know. And then you get the kind of seven o'clock shows where, or what was it Wednesday that we had a seven, yeah. you know, where we came out and, and, and it wasn't our biggest audience, but it was also definitely our oldest audience. There were yeah. lots of adults, like groups of adults that had come without kids, mm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that I was, was like, a huge shock. And so you just don't know what you're going to get. And, and, and so it's normally you can like, get to know your kind of audience and you go okay so like I know that this joke lands and so we can we can let that breathe a bit and blah, blah. you can't like you know you plough through because the kids don't understand that grown up joke or something but then you plough through in the 7 o'clock show and you go oh no they mm -hmm. laughed I should have loved it, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so you know it, it's it, it, you're constantly on your toes which I think is where the tiredness comes in maybe because it's not just the act of doing two shows because obviously that's tiring but but I think it's the constant having to adapt yourself yeah. and not being able to just switch on autopilot and 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 not that 
I ever do that. <laughs> uh, but no, of course you do, and, and you, get, you go enjoy that having to stay on your toes. I love it. Yeah, it's a gift. I think, especially being principal boy, the thing that's a real gift is that a lot of the kids. It's what's what I love doing is playing that game of getting the kids on my side, not coming on wanting to be liked, and I struggled with that in the first show because it it was hard. I was like, oh wow, yeah totally different doing it in front of kids than it is to a room full of adults in rehearsals which is which is a really obvious thought but I guess it's when you do it you actually learn it differently but the thing about being principal boy I talk to the kids a lot so if they ever shout things back at me or if there's a room full of adults and maybe one kid who says something hilarious like what happened yesterday's show it was so funny um it's a real real gift to be able to be open to that listen accept it and then usually your first instinct of what to say next is often the right thing to say and if it's not the thing about panto is moving on is not is accepted if something doesn't make sense we can move on um in terms of improv and things like yeah, that yeah, yeah. that's that's a, the beautiful thing about panto you welcome the absurdity and that's it's just it's like okay great sure that's fine <laughs> I don't often get that do you in, in many other theatre I don't know genres. many forms no, of doing that. No, I don't that. think anything. You made a lovely point in rehearsal that the audience kind of is also lo- almost like a celebrity casting. Yeah. Mm. When we get into the auditorium, the audience are in the show. Yeah. In a way, almost that they are kind of in stand-up, but but they're not the same way then. But in a pantomime, you have to have them come with you because it's such a fantastical thing that we're doing. Like immediately, we're in medieval Romford. Immediately, mm. there's this and there's magic and there's... You know, there's a man who's part animal and then, then maybe there's someone else who's part animal and what do we know? And then we move here and we move there and then the trees are talking and it, you just have to be like, come on guys, we're off. And you <laughs> yeah. have to come. Mm. And they do. Mm. Invariably, they mm. do. Do you lock it up when they're booing you? Uh, yes, it, uh, yeah, very much. I've seen it recently, you draw it out even more. Yeah, you can just, <laughs> it's good to just milk away. But uh, there, some days, it's, it, it, it's with very little kids... As soon as they discover they've got license to yell the place down, that is what they're interested yeah. in doing. Yeah. They are not interested in having a story told. They're interested in standing on their chair and screaming their head off. <laughs> yeah. And I sort of think, all power to you. Yeah. yeah. Which and you just have to go, oh, it's all right. It's funny, isn't it? Because like sometimes you get schools where clearly the teachers have sat the kids down and gone, so we're going to a panto. Now pantos are different rules because pantos you can shout things out. Here are some examples of things that you might shout out. He's behind you, blah blah blah. And so you get those schools who are just yeah. on it, yeah, yeah. Really. and they're like, yeah, we know the rules. And you get other schools who have probably been told to behave because they go, we'll yeah. go to the theatre. So what happens in the theatre is the lights go down mm-hmm. and you sit quietly and, and the see. actors do their job. And so you get these schools where suddenly they're given permission, like Tom mm-hmm. says, and they're like, can I? Can I really? Yeah, and then and then they and then they see that they're actually allowed to, and that's and then, it. Then that's it, man. Yeah. Because the teachers are then they're like, oh, I gave them the wrong rules, and mm. now now there's nothing we could, you know. Mm. It's great because we have a history of our <clears throat> non-panto going audiences also mm. being interactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yeah. cast, so even yeah. in like dead straight plays, yeah, 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 still yeah. get. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. It's definitely up there with my favourite audiences. Oh, yeah. It's Stratford East audience. Yeah. Um, it's it's quite special. It's um, We talk about this a lot as a cast, but yeah. it's the only, probably the only 
theatre I've ever performed in where you look out and you see the community and the audience every single time without fail. Um, and whatever you guys have done to make that happen is, is, is ridiculous because, you know, it doesn't matter where your theatre is, it can be in the most diverse area of London and it, that ain't represented in the audience a lot no. of the time. Mm. And so it is incredible that without fail, every single time that is the case. Um, I wonder if there's something about because Panto is often young people's first interaction with yeah. theatre, mm. yeah. and if you give them that licence to feel comfortable yeah. in that space, then they want to come back. I hope so, yeah. And yeah. I think and I think that that is why, like, you know, we're recording this on a day where we've found out that we've got a Tory majority for the next five years, and, and you know, who knows what, what that kind of uncertainty brings to us. But I know that there is a snobbery in our industry about panto and it's actually seriously seriously important stuff and i know that we're not saving lives and i, and I know that and i'm not trying to be holier than now but it is incredible when you're on stage and you see these kids who yeah. have never been to the theater before engaging in a way that they didn't know they were allowed to or ever thought they would do yeah. seeing themselves on stage yeah. and wanting to be that and hoping maybe they will be that it it you know it, it is it is incredible and newham do this thing this every child of theater go like that's you know that doesn't it, happen everywhere it's an incredible no. thing that these kids get to come for free and like you know it, it's 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 actually been a much more moving job than i expected i was like oh panto christmas fun boom I mean, and then you're on stage and you're like oh this is actually it's that it is actually important it's interesting what you say about the industry as well because I do think people underestimate um, Panto, yep. both in terms of what goes into it creatively <coughs> from all different roles, whether you're in the cast or whether you're in the technical team or whether, um, so that's a really interesting point. Yeah, yeah I, have, I have actors who are friends of mine who were shocked that I decided to do Panto this year and I'm like, why? Why? Because it's, Panto teaches you so much about theatre and to reiterate what Harry was saying, like especially here, on press night there was a little, there was a row, the front row was all children on the press night and there was a, a collection of about five or six young black, um, young black girls and young mixed race girls who were look and I'm a mixed race woman, who were looking at me like, oh my god, yeah, go, 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 go. And yeah, I yeah. never, ever had anything like them when I was young. Never. No. You know, and that's... Some that's that is is that that's why I want to do panto, you know. On that, did you see pantos when you were kids? No, you didn't. I didn't. It's. I don't think I did particularly. Pantos. I mean, very... I grew up on them. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a it's a different thing for me. So my granddad was um in panto for fifty years in a row. Stop um, it. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Fifty years. He was dame for most of those. Wow. Um, At and, the same venue? Uh, no, all over the country. Um, but he was the, uh, he was, so he's from Oldham. Mm -hmm. And uh, he ran the Oldham Coliseum for, for, for a short period of time. Um, and so did a lot of pantos there. But we would spend Christmas when I was growing up uh, going to wherever he was in the country doing panto and watching and, and then that's what we do on Christmas Eve is we watch the panto so I, I, I grew up watching my granddad doing that and then when I was five uh, 
I reckon it's a health and safety. I don't know what it is, but you don't, you're not allowed to do so many things that you used to be able to do. But you used, there used to be, a, a, a culturally, at the end of a panto, you'd get kids up on stage. Mm. And you'd go along the line and you'd chat to the kids. And blah, blah, blah. and the dame would be very funny and kind of, you know. And, and my granddad got me and my brother up on stage, along with many other kids. And, and, he, and he came up to me and, uh, and he said, and now, now you don't know me, do you? And I said, no, granddad. <laughs> um, and, and it brought the house down. And I, and I, I honestly, I, I don't know if I remember it or if I remember it sort of by proxy because my parents <laughs> and my granddad have told me the story so many times. But, but I, I swear to God, I remember that feeling of doing a funny and 400 <laughs> people laughing and going, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. And and from from that moment on, I was screwed <laughs> in the greatest way. But yeah, so panto has been a thing, massive thing in my life. So I'm the um, opposite to you. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I Chekhov won nothing. Exactly. Chekhov won nothing. Yeah. I only from the age Shakespeare. of five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched serious plays and serious plays alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I a panto is a very British thing, mm. and my mum is Caribbean mm. and. My parents split when I was quite young, so I've always lived with my mum. And so, the, 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 yeah, it's a very, very British thing. Even when my mum came to see the show the other day, she said, oh, my gosh, I loved it. And I, and I loved when this happened and that happened and this happened. But I was really, like, I didn't know the audience could, like, shout out. Yeah, yeah, it's because yeah. it's not something that she's grown up with. So yeah. I went to the theatre a couple of times when I was young. But as someone who was born here and, and not born, born here but raised in a different cultural background mm-hmm. I feel really lucky to be doing it now yeah. it's, it's a great thing and yeah again testament to Stratford for inviting other people from other places who don't usually see it or don't usually come to the theatre to come and be a part of that with a cast of people who either did or didn't grow up with it as well mm. um, but yeah it's it's a very very British thing which is yeah it's an well. interesting culture and tradition that we have I think there's a Increasingly, um, trying to keep pantos relevant and topical mm-hmm. because they can. There's, it's a fine line, isn't it? It can stray into being, hmm, that's not okay, mm. or actually that is okay if you if you turn it on its head in yeah. terms of like yeah. gender bending, but then yeah. also there can be forms of like cultural appropriation involved. Yeah. So it's it's something this that's always at the fore of what we do to try and make it relevant. Mm. Yeah, I think I think. They, the, the traditional panto needs updating. And I think that that is what we've done with this, I think. But I think there are certain traditions, in inverted commas, that probably aren't PC anymore and probably aren't appropriate. Um, but I think that that's... You don't want, you don't want the, 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 the form to die, I don't think. And so... I think it is important and I think it is a fun way of getting people mm. to engage with theatre for the first time, particularly young people. Um, but so you want to if you want to keep it alive, you just have to update it. And I think that, yeah, it we've we've kind of changed things but kept kept the um oh what's the word I'm looking nostalgia. Mm. Like the essence we've, of what we've kept is. it there, but yeah. we've 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 brought it to the twenty first century, I think. But it is one of those forms that you can play with. Like yeah. You can push So, you know. Yeah, free yeah, for yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free for all is something that, that I've learned to accept in doing this, you know. Um, 
free for all, but there is a language between the audience and the actors on stage. That, mm. depending on the show you're in, I think in this one we, we set up fairly soon. Um, how, how much were you guys included in the uh, creative process? Was it collaborative? I think it was as collaborative as it could be in a short rehearsal process. Mm. So it's very difficult for every decision to be talked through and sort of sifted down to its minute parts, actor-director or actor-actor, when you haven't got very much time. There has to be someone leading, and John um, Heider, who directed this show, uh, was really very careful to make us feel as involved as possible, but also they did get to a, pro, a, um, a stage in the process where he was like, this is the version we're gonna try, and then if that doesn't work, we'll change it, but it just, it often comes down to how much time you've got. Mm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I mean, it was definitely a different rehearsal process. I mean, I've known John for years, and, and, and we both said to each other by the end of the second week that it was unlike any process we'd ever done before. And I th so I think it was a shock for, for me as an actor who's never done panto before, but also, also for John as well. And, and I think a few of us, because it was very much getting up on its feet almost from day one going let's let's get up on our, our feet and let's give it a go yes, yes. and at the end of the first week so it was my birthday the first the first week the, the first week and, and at the end of the first week i i had a, a birthday celebration my friend came who does panto who's done panto for 15 years and the first question i asked him when he when when, when we sat down to have a drink together was is this normal is this what it's like and he was like yeah Absolutely. And also, the thing that he said to me, which just made me go, oh my God, mm. yes. She was like, you haven't got a show until you've tried it in front of an audience. So you've got to spend these three weeks getting up on your feet and trying things. Well. And then when you get in, the, in front of the audience, that is when, in your week of previews or whatever it is that you have, that's when you start to go, okay, that works, that works, that doesn't work. I'll hold on to that. I'm going to bin that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to... You know, or we're going to cut this scene, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I actually think that's all we've got time for because you've got another show to prepare. We, we have. do. We do. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank, Thank you. you. And good luck with uh, the rest of the run. Thank you. A big thank you to Severine, Tom and Harry for chatting with us. Dick Whittington is running until Saturday the 11th of January and you can get your tickets online at stratfordeast.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Stratford East podcast and don't forget you can get in touch with your panto memories by emailing podcast at stratfordeast.com or tweet us at Stratford East. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again in the new year. So from all of us at Stratford East, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays and a Happy New Year.